Okay, good morning. Today's class is Lemishma Yechmiel Dienu Ben Gedal Yetzion Ben Neimer for Shalema of Harav Shalom Ben Yamina and Harav Daniel Ben Sara. Also, Chana Bat Adel. Success in your Shemayim of Elishev Ben Avaka, Diel Ben Elishev, Emen Ben Elishev, Shefa Ben Elishev, Reina Makav Tov Basha. Clarity, health, and success in Shalom. Mazal Parnasa of Moshe Chaim Ben Emmanuel Ben Yitzhak, Devora Bat Sara, Limor Ben Devora. Yalba Devora, Eitan Bedevora, Shalom Bayit for Devora Ben Sarah and Moshe Chaim Batchana, Parnasar for Shalem of Esther Ben Penina. Happy New Year for also Abel Ben Penina and Anonymous for all the classes and all the tefillah should be answered. Also, God willing, we are going to have a, uh, we're still having, God willing, the, the event in the Sephardic Jewish Center with Rabbi Rush. I'm not handling the tickets or anything, I'm just showing up to the event. I believe Rabbi Mansur and Rabbi, Rabbi Arush will be there on, on November 6th. That is at the Sephardic Center, God willing. I think it's in Brooklyn, I believe. So excited for that event. Hopefully I'll get my head together and be able to, uh, God willing, perform a good class. Also, please share and rate the podcast. It helps. We're constantly growing and growing. Very, 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 very big day. First of all, I want to apologize to anybody for not telling enough jokes. I should have told more jokes, specifically more Moroccan jokes. Should have told more jokes. I'm go- don't worry, I'm going to lay off of the Moroccans work on the Persian jokes a little bit. So little by little, Bizrat Hashem. Again, also, I want to apologize for anything. I want to apologize for any, anything that I've said, that any, anything, that, that, anything that I could have said that could have offended anybody. Please forgive me, forgive the classes, or, or forgive Rab Nachman. <laughs> but at the end of the day, I'm just a shofar. Um, Bizrat Hashem. And remember, if something, if something challenges you, it's there to change you. It's not to hurt you. So anytime we're challenged, we're getting challenged in life, don't be, so, don't be so sensitive. Sensitive people don't grow that much in life. And basically when we're way too sensitive, all we're doing is we have a big ego in a nice way. It's all sensitivity is. Ultimately, we need to grow and things that bother us, we, we can say, oh, I'm too sensitive. No, no, no. These are areas in our life that we have to deal with and approach Bizrat Hashem. I have, a, I have a phenomenal concept today. Phenomenal, phenomenal concept. And this concept is going to give you a brand new, brand new look on Yom Kippur. Instead of normally, you know, when we were younger, we used to say, oh, Yom Kippur, it's the saddest day of the year. You know, as kids, you know, we used to some, somehow think Yom Kippur is the saddest day of the year. Yom Kippur is actually the happiest day of the year. It's a day that you can get tremendous rectifications. We're going to talk about the rectifications today. It's not a day that you should say, I can't wait for this fast to be over. You shouldn't say that. I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to give you a really, Rav Nachman really has a mind-blowing example. Just before we get to the class, which is lesson 179 in Likutim Moran. Obviously, we all have to forgive each other today. This is an area where we all have to forgiveness. And the reason why we forgive each other is so we can get forgiven. Our sages say if a person does not, he can be forgiven by heaven, but if he doesn't forgive people below, obviously his, his, his atonement is not, is not the same. So it's very, very important that we Think big. Let's stop becoming petty. Let's forgive each other. Let's not make everything about us, like we've said before. Remember, the only reason why we're not forgiving other people is because we are whole, making everything about us. When we become gr- better in a higher consciousness, we forgive easily because that's actually forgiving is giving to you. And also the importance of confession. The reason why we do confession, which is really the second part of our of every day's every morning's his bodidut. If you're doing his bodidut, this should Yom Kippur, Yom Kippur should be like a regular day for you. That's what we do every day. Part of the reason why we do confession itself is because anytime you sin, 
that sin actually goes on your bones. This is what when we sin, we feel off. We feel like we missed the mark. We don't feel like ourselves. And anytime we sin, we have to confess. Why? Because the negative, this is why when you say the vidui, when you say the confession, it's in alphabetical order. Because when you make a sin, that sin goes on your bones and it makes your bones heavy. My bones are heavy because of my sin. I worry because of my transgression. So there's obviously, when a person confesses and he physically says it out loud, that has the power to remove that negative permutation in in the bone and release it. This is the concept between Yehuda's bones were shaking in the grave until there was a confession. And once the confession, the his bones were calm. So also, there's a lot of anxiety today. There's a lot of bone shaking. There's a lot of people shaking because there's no confession. Confession will... will when you confess something, you, okay, I made a mistake, that's it. It's out of my head already. And that's why it's very, very important, the importance today of the concept of confession. You made a mistake. Remember, we all have great souls but we have a tremendous Yetzirah. And the system is made for you to win. All you have to do is not quit. The system is made for you to win. God is kind, it's, it's almost like Lahavdil should give an example like this, but in Florida, people don't have to pay the IRS taxes till February because of the hurricane. Things get constantly postponed in our favor. Yom Kippur is a day where you, even if you screwed up on Rosh Hashanah, you still have Yom Kippur. There's a constant postponing. And even if you did that, you still have Hashanah Rabbah. Like, unless you're not alive and you really have any intention to win, to, to really do tshuva, you're going to get forgiven and God is kind. We have to remove this little, this little petty figure of, of our Creator that He's not forgiving and he's, he's angry with us. You have to remove all those childish Pixar imagination that's in our heads. And we have to believe in the kindness of God. There's a passage that says, God is known by your gates. God is known to a person by his own gates. If the gate is small, cars can't come in. Can they? If they have a small gate, what can, what can possibly come in? What can possibly come in in my life if I have a small gate? Not much. But if I have an open gate, what does an open gate practically mean? My shari, my perspective. Open perspective, big, big things come in. Small perspective, not much can come in. We've all tried to get our cars into a very small parking lot. It's all you can do. Can't put a big car there. So if we have a small lot, don't expect big things in life. So our first job is not to question our Creator, it's to question our thinking, make bigger gates, have a greater perspective. And when you have a greater perspective, greater things come. And it's very, very important. It takes work. Why does it take so much work? Because that's exactly what the Yetzirah wants you to do. The opposite. The evil inclination, the ego, narrows your perspective. And you have to constantly expand it. You know, the Yetzirah tells you, this is bad for you. No, this is good for me. It's like a constant fight. I shouldn't forgive that person. Yes, I should forgive them, because God will forgive me. It's a constant yin-yang. And it's not, you shouldn't be upset that why you have resistance. And you shouldn't blame yourself for these resistances. It's, it's because you, we have great souls, we have great resistance. And we have to really, really understand that concept. Very important to understand that before Yom Kippur. All right, so Lesson 179 says something beautiful. Believe it or not, if I told you that there's a way, think about all the days that you had net, Netflix and chill days. Imagine all those days that we had that were Netflix and chills, or NFL football for nine hours. 
Every day, believe it or not, has a certain amount of vitality. Believe it or not. Every single day, there's a certain amount of vitality that you are given. For example, let's say there's a potential. Every single day, there's a, there's a potential that you have. Let's say that day you were, let's say, I don't know, financially, because everybody loves money. Let's say financially, you were supposed to make 20 grand one day. You woke up early, you did your thing, you were on the ball, you were happy, you cashed in on the 20 grand that day. $20,000 or 20,000 spiritual points. But let's say that same day, you were supposed to make $20,000. But you got up super late that day, you're on your phone, you, you bail, at one o'clock you became conscious. That day you only really got $500. Now you say, oh look, I made $500. No, you were supposed to make $20,000 that day. But you only made $500 that day. You sh- lost. You lost $19,500 of potential energy in that day. Because remember, we all know that some days have so much more energy than others. We're not expected to be perfect, obviously. But what happens when we have those days that are dead days? How do we fix it? How do I go back and rectify those days? Believe it or not, fasting does it for you. And Yom Kippur especially has the power to rectify all the dead days that you had. This is the point of this lesson. So you have to look at today as like, oh my God, I have one day. Because remember, the Satan is off, off today. He's off. Yom Kippur, it's the only day he, take, he leaves you alone. So today is a day, tonight, tomorrow is a day where you can feed, feed the soul and starve the ego. Which is usually not the case. It's usually we're feeding the ego and we're starving the soul. Like we said, we're supposed to be spiritual beings. But this is why on such a great day we have so much potential you shouldn't even thinking about. You shouldn't even think about sex. You shouldn't be thinking about eating. You shouldn't be thinking about nothing. But I need to cash in on this day because this day can fix a lot, a lot of days in the past. That is the power of this day. So you you shouldn't walk around sleeping. What page is it? You need to be engaged today because what you could do today, and this is why everybody's into this Yom Kippur. Even people are affiliated and are not affiliated. Somehow, you know. Let me just show up, even though show up at the ninth inning. But the fasting is the main thing. Because when you negate your will, anytime, this is a law of nature, law of life. Whenever I negate my ego, I elevate God's will. Practically. Let's say, for example, why do you think people fast usually to learn? Because the more a person negates his own will, the more light he gets from heaven. The more I, I, I conduct my relationships, my sexual relationships with Kedusha, with purity, the more spirituality I get in them. But the more I, I conduct my relationships with physicality, the less connection spirituality. Why? Because the ego always blocks. The Yetzirah's job is to block spiritual light from coming to you. So Rabbi Nachman says, no, there's a way to counter all forms of strife. This is a very important concept to understand. Whether material, spiritual, so that a person is unable to pray or whatever, or whatever he's doing concerning God. There are those who stand up and argue against him and they try to negate his will. And they go against him. So basically there's times in life where you get people are against you. They go against you in life. They don't want what you want. 
You want to get married, the girl doesn't want to get married. You want to sell the customer, the customer doesn't want to buy. You want, you want to be successful, because nobody wants to buy from you. So there's a problem there that there's a concept of your will and their will are not matching. The customer, the salesman and the customer are not on the same page. The wife and the husband are not on the same page. So how do you fix this? Anytime I'm trying to push my will and I don't have God's will in the same formula, that person will probably reject my will. This is why we speak about many times that it's not about what you tell people, but it's they, you have, they have to know that you love them. They have to know you care for them. If you care for them, you can tell them anything you want. But if you don't care for them and you're just doing it out of your frustration, they're not going to listen to you. Because it's not, you're not doing it for God's will, you're doing it for your will. So intentions are very, very important. Now, Ram Nachman says, in order to eliminate strife, no matter what aspect of it, fasting is necessary. This is why our sages say, the more charity, the more peace. What does charity do? It makes the opposites attract. A poor, per- a rich person gives to a poor person. So what happens? That causes peace. The poor person, the, gar- the rich person is not boasting with arrogance and saying, look how much money I have and you're nobody because you don't have any money. No, he's actually creating an equal- equality. He's actually creating peace because now he recognizes his purposes in order to give. And the poor person, and he recognizes the poor person is actually doing him a favor by allowing him to give. So you could see when both people become givers, the, poor, the rich person is giving and the poor person is actually giving to him. That's actually creating, it's actually creating peace. Think about our marriages when our marriages flourish is when both, both each other are in the giving state. Think about when both, when the marriages are not working is each one wants their own will. And they don't want to succumb to the will of the other person. You understand? Each other, everybody has their, I want what I want, and I don't want what you want. So Rav Nachman tells us, how do we practically get this concept where, where we get other people to want what we want? Fasting. This is the concept of strife involves a conflict of will. They stand up against them and they gain the will. And this is what the Zohar says, on the very day of fast, when you fast and you afflict your souls, and the benefits of fasting is a humbling heart. And to the extent that I go against, I go into my Creator's will. Because we all love food. Everybody wants food. But you're negating your, your ego and feeding your soul. The more you negate your ego and you feed your soul, the more you're, you're inviting God in your life. And the more God is in your life, the more light you have and the more people want to be around you. The more you go against God's will and you force people to like you, the more they don't want to have anything to do with you because you're doing it out of desperation, sadness, kavod. So this is where you could see the actual desire is actually stopping you from receiving. Unbelievable concept. Desire actually stops you from receiving. We've said this many, many times. Why? Because anytime you're in desire, you're running away from God's will and all you want is your will. You forgot about God's will. Therefore, by the means of fasting, the aspect of the will of others, all this, you cannot have any strife. Can I fight with, isn't there, doesn't it take two people to fight? It takes two to fight, doesn't it? But if one person backs away and doesn't fight back, then there's no fight. It takes two to tango, right? One person cannot tango, so one person's expressing of his frustration, but I'm not fighting with him. 
If one person lets it go and the other person's fighting, there's no fight. It's one person, shh. It's one person yelling, that's it. Think about that concept. The Yetzirah is always, the evil inclination always wants you to engage. If you just let it go, there'd be no, nothing to fight about. So the same thing, when you are in your soul state, we don't, we don't fight. We, don't, we, we, go, we, we believe everything's from Hashem. Like yesterday's class, somebody insults you, this is from Hashem. I'm not engaging in that fight. So what happens is, because I went against my will, which is my ego, to answer back, or to not forgive, which is an ego, Ego's, ego wants you not to forgive, then God's all of a sudden's will is favored to you. So when you connect more spiritually, for example, let's say I wake up at four o'clock in the morning. What am I doing? I'm giving up three, four hours of sleep. Three, four hours of sleep is ego. So there's no question I'm going to get light because I gave up those hours. That hour, somebody's waking up at nine o'clock having a venti cappuccino. He didn't w- wake up for four hours, but I broke my sleep. I broke my nature. I broke my egotistical nature wanting to comfort. So what happens? Because you broke your nature, I'm going to give you spiritual light. And that light becomes the source of helping many people. But if I'm waking up at 9 o'clock, I'm not getting any light. Period. There's no light. Because there has to be a sacrifice of your ego, which is sleep, for, to get light for your soul. So when you starve the ego, you feed the soul. Ways to starve the ego is, again... Eating less food, eating healthy, starving the ego. Everybody wants chocolate cake. But if it's not your birthday, you shouldn't be having a chocolate cake every single day. Unless your birthday's every day. But any time where we see areas in our life where there's too much ego, you're starving the soul. That's exactly what today, Yom Kippur forces us to do the complete opposite. And at the end of the day, we get tons more in life when we, when, we, when we feed the soul and we starve the ego. We're much happier, we're much fulfilled, we're much more spiritual, we're in a higher consciousness. Because the only reason why we're chasing in the first place is because our ego is saying, I need more money, I need more this, I need more that. And if it's going to come to you, it's going to come to you from heaven. But the difference is, it'll come to you and you'll enjoy it. There's a difference between something coming to you, enjoying it, something coming to you, and you're, you feel like you're empty. And this is where the purpose of this holiday is. The purpose of this day is to rectify all the days. And this is what our sages teach us. Therefore, when, when there's peace, there's celebration and joy. This is because fasting, the structure and vitality of joy is constructed. The value of fasting is it arouses and revives the dead. There's a reason why we're not allowed to eat before we pray. Because I need to pray, I need my voice. I need to have kavana. If I eat, what does eating practically do? It makes you tired. It makes you tired. So what happens is when you eat before you pray, you get tired. You're not as hungry. You're not, you're not, you don't have that broken heart. You're comfortable. So what happens? That could affect the way you pray. That could affect your vitality. So we want to eat after we pray. Because we need all spirituality needs to, to, again, you need to feed the soul not to feed the body. For when, and this is where Reb Nachman says, this is because each day there's a certain amount of, of influx of bounty, certain amount of shefa that comes down every single day. 
on a person that performs mitzvot and good deeds, he gives life to that day and draws vitality to that day. And that, and that, causes, that causes major shefa for that person. But if, God forbid, he does not perform mitzvahs, then the influx of bounty on that day descends only in a very limited manner, only restricted enough for survival. I never forget when I was younger, before I started doing the classes, and I, I used to go to dolphin games, heat games, and go out at night, and I came home empty. I'm like, what the heck is, how could that possibly be? You went to a dolphin game, you went to a heat game, and you went out, and you come home still empty. Like, I need to be somewhere else. Like, where are you going to go? Space now? Where the hell are you going to go? That day is not enough for you? But you could see people today, no moment is enough. They can't focus for one second because they're always in the next moment. FOMO. I need to be here. I need to be there. I need to be there. I need to get noticed. I need to get over here. At the end of the day, they're just they're chasing, they're chasing cravings. But when you're spiritual, you take advantage. You're mindful of those days. And, and there's nothing worse in life than going through a day where you felt like I didn't accomplish anything. We all feel that. There's days where you could have been, you know you could have been more focused, you could have accomplished more, could have woken up better, and that day you recognize there's something's off. What's off on that day? You didn't tap into the day. You were not mindful. Either you were stuck on yesterday or you were chasing tomorrow. You were fighting with yesterday or you were chasing tomorrow. That never even happened. And that day had no vitality to it. That's the fight today, by the way. The fight today is anxiety and depression. So when, when you wake up with yesterday, we're, we're, we're fighting yesterday, what happens? You're not, that day that's supposed to have a certain amount of blessing, it's gone. You're not even present. And when you're worried so much about tomorrow, today is gone for you. So that vitality is never, never gone. And this is where the Pasuk says they chase their whole lives. They're filled with anxiety and trouble because they're never present. But when you know that every single day anything can happen, life can change in a minute. It's funny, we had a great story here. There was, a, where there was a particular girl that started coming to the classes in the morning. And all of a sudden she, she woke up early in the morning to start coming to the classes. She came here almost every day. And she ended up, there was another, there was another guy, I don't want to mention the names so out of privacy. There was another gentleman who had no idea but he lived next to, um, he was taking care of his father in the hospital right by him to our hospital. And somehow he, he, he really did that mitzvah of kibbutz by him. He was taking care of his father. So he's asking his father, how in the world am I going to ever meet a girl if I'm here all day long taking care of you? Where am I going to meet her? At Starbucks? So this particular girl, because the classes are very early, before she goes to work, she would have a little bit of a break. So she would go to Starbucks in Avatara. And next thing you know, they, he met her, and they met her. He was not socializing in 150 parties. He's taking care of his father. But God made him meet the right, and she's a one amazing girl at Starbucks, down the block. And we, are, we've all, we all witnessed this. We were, we were shocked. And that's the power of Hashem, what He could do. You do the right thing, God will take care of you. It's not by going to 55 parties that you're going to go find your soulmate. You have to be aligned in the right place, in a conscious place, and you meet people. He did a good deed, she did a good deed, Mazel Tov, there you go. And God willing, I think they're engaged, and Mizrat Hashem, they're going to get married. Amen. So it just goes to show you how unbelievable things are in life, that you have to take advantage. Now, what is she, she didn't have to wake up early and come to classes, but she knew that every single day there's new wisdom, 
there's a new way to look at the day. I need to get hungry. It's very different to say, oh, you should be so obsessed with new wisdom daily. Because that's what, that's what taps into the, to the, to the new day. If I look at every single day brand new, and I look at a brand new, wow, what a brand new day, brand new concept. I'm tapping in to maximize 100% of that day where I could. The, that day, I'm, I'm, whatever I'm supposed to get on that day, I'm getting it. But you have to recognize you can entertain yourself. I'm not against entertaining. But if your ratio of entertaining, entertainment is 90% entertainment and 10% empowerment, you're not going to get much, much of those days. You're going to get 10% of that day. Your days should be spent minimum 50-50. But when you're spending your day 90, what are you entertaining yourself? Like, what did you, did you sell your business? Did you, what have you done to entertain? So I always ask people, what in the world are you celebrating right now? When you're at this age, 20, 25, 30, 30, you need to be running to, to either spiritually or do something. But what do you so much, why are you entertaining yourself so much? What have you done to entertain yourself so much? I always ask that question. What are you celebrating? What in the world are you celebrating, for God's sake? You celebrate when you win. You don't celebrate when you lose. You don't celebrate when you're down 35 nothing. You wake up early and you grind. And this is where this generation, I have no idea where their head's at. What are you celebrating? Celebrate when I was younger. We, we, you're not, you celebrate when you work hard. When you win. When you have something to celebrate about. Not just because you woke up on a Miami on a Sunday morning. You should be celebrating all day long. There's a time. You want to... You want to play hard or you can party hard. But people are partying hard and they're not playing hard. It's not matching today. Same thing spiritually. You can enjoy once there's effort. Once there's effort. But there's no effort. What are you enjoying? So what happens each day, the individual vitality completely gets sucked out. And that day is shot. I had a bad day. I had a bad week. We got a problem. We got a problem. Because you're not take adva- taking advantage of potential. And he gives the example. This is exactly like a mother, a child feeding from his mother's breast. Right? If the mother has milk, the baby gets. She's getting, the baby's getting the mother's shefa. The milk is shefa. But if the mother has no, nobody's getting the, the milk, then unfortunately she, she has to take that milk and spill out. It hurts her not to give. Do you understand this concept? It hurts our creator just like it hurts the mother not to give. It hurts our creator not to give you. In your own sense, you think our creator, oh, my mother's stingy. She doesn't want to feed me. (laughs) Or my creator doesn't want to give me. No, you're not not aligned. People are asking, give me more money when when, when the little money they have, they're already stressed out a hundred times. Create whatever you have. Create a good system around it. Be happy with what you have. And happiness is the greatest way to be happy with more. Because if he says you're happy with this, I'm going to give you more to be happy about. But when you're constantly unhappy, why would somebody give you more to make you more unhappy? (laughs) Think about it. Just give you more reasons to be unhappier. You have one business, you're not happy. I need another business. Okay, so now you have two businesses to be unhappy about. The problem is not the business. The problem is the operator. And each day's creation, individual has a vitality. Yet, he also sucks the vitality on that day. This is an analogy to the infant getting from a mother's breast. But when the milk stops, he sucks up the blood of her vitality. 
you're actually taking the mother's vitality. However, by fasting, a person arouses and revives these dead days. Think about why, in Purim, why all of a sudden did the Jews need to fast? Because the three days before, they were in an orgy or a, 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 with, with Ahasuerus. So what happens? Those three days needed to be rectified. So if it wasn't for the... Why did they need to fast specifically? Because they needed to go back into those days to rectify those days. Those days had no vitality. So by fasting, you're actually going back into the past in a positive way. Can you imagine... The one time you can actually go back into the past is by fasting. That's what that, in a positive way. Imagine back to the future, back to the past. And rectifying, fixing. Imagine you go back into the past and fix situations in life where you're able to rectify. By fasting, a person rouses, revives these days. This could be understood in the physical realm. When a person fasts, he consequently has no vitality, has no strength. Where are you getting the food from? You're actually getting the food from yesterday's food. What happens, all of a sudden, you store, as you fast 24 hours, you're going to start taking, uh, taking fat that you've stored for days. This is why intermediate fasting is so great today, because it takes the fat, and the fat becomes the fuel. So you'll see towards the end of the fast, you'll actually have energy. You're like, where did I get this energy from? It's because you got it from previous days that you stored fat, and that now becomes fuel. This is why people lose weight with that. Because that fat becomes fuel. And afterwards, when you fast again, the previous day is not enough because the body has already been weakened that he must go back to further. So basically what Ramnachan says that Ramnachan adds that a person's early years, by the way, Ramnachan says, my Nakuda is Rosh Hashanah. Ramnachan says, my Nakuda is Yom Kippur. Because what did, what did Ramnachan, what was he known for the most? He was known for giving people hope. Reb Nassim was the number one in giving people strength in the darkest times. Reviving these days. That was what he was known for. Reb adds that a person's early years are generally a time of constriction consciousness. When he grows older, however, his intelligence grows and his awareness expands. This can be the same as a person's days. When he wasted his days of constriction consciousness, like the days of his youth, nevertheless, by repenting, those days actually become lessons. So I remember all the days that I, the gambling days, all that. But now they become, those days have life now because now I use those in order to help people and say, hey, I know where you were, etc. Therefore, by fasting, all of a sudden you're going back into the past and you're rectifying the weekdays. And Yom Kippur is the fasting on steroids. <laughs> this is why there's so much resi- restricted. No shoes, no... Because se- the... Your creator wants you to be nothing more but take advantage of 24 hours or 25 hours of this day to tap into its potential. You shouldn't be complaining that there's no food or you're hungry. Just think about, wow, all those days, those Netflix and chills days, those days that you, 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 were knocked, you, were chilled, you were literally knocked out for the whole day. Think about reviving those days, reviving all those days that you're trying to fix. Imagine one day you can go into a... Imagine somebody gave you one hour to go into your favorite store. What would you do? Would you take a 20-minute break? Would you take a... You would be taking advantage of that one hour as fast as you could, as in much intensity as you could, to say, I have one hour in the store and I can grab everything, everything I want in the store. It's pretty much that's what Yom Kippur is about. 
So if you're a person that normally shows up for the ninth inning and says, oh, I just want to hear the Neila, don't do that anymore. Don't do that. Don't show up in the ninth inning. Because you're only getting that. Be in, be, understand the, the beauty and the, and the presence of this day. Understand the vitality. Because remember, if I can fix up bad old days, what happens? I start getting Shefa now. Because I can now repair those days that were broken. And now, you start getting Shefa. But you, you start reviving those days. And that translates into what? Spiritual and physical bounty. The psalm says that all the days that God created, He chose this one particular, Yom Kippur. This is because Yom Kippur, Rav Nachman explains that God chose Yom Kippur because fasting on Yom Kippur has the power to revive all the days of the year that were darkened by sin. He therefore chose the Day of Atonement above the rest. Yom Kippur is above time and space. That's where you understand this time and space concept. It's above time and space. It's above time and space. So stop with the, I need to eat, I need to this, I need to do that. Just say, thank you, Hashem, for Yom Kippur. Thank you, Hashem. For I want you to be so happy on this day and present on this day. Rabbi Nachman also says that the equality of your, I never forget this, one time, right before, this was right after Uman. I always get a present after Uman. Six, seven years ago, I got an IRS audit as soon as I came home from Uman. Right before Yom Kippur. It's like, welcome to Yom Kippur. All of a sudden, that Yom Kippur was probably the most meaningful Yom Kippur I had. And the Yeshua for the IRS audit came on Hanukkah. Now, what does Yom Kippur have to do with Hanukkah? And then I read the Torah from Ram Nachman that says the quality, I had no idea about this, by the way. No idea of, of, of that particular Torah. He says the quality of Hanukkah that you have is dependent upon the quality, the, the amount of, of, of praying you have in Yom Kippur. It says in Lesson 7, second half. Why? Because Hanukkah is all about ba- building the Beit HaMikdash. What causes a person to, to, to destroy the Beit HaMikdash? Sin. So when he clears, when he prays and he rectifies his sins, he builds his consciousness, which is the concept of Hanukkah. So that Hanukkah, I had a crazy Hanukkah. I didn't recognize it was from, from Yom Kippur. So Rav Nachman explains that God chose Yom Kippur above all days. So this is a day where we can take advantage. Rav Nachman says, the day a person repents, he transcends all the other days and elevates his days above the concept of time. Now you can understand why you can't stay in the past. Because the minute you repent, you rectify all the days. The minute a person says, I'm it, I'm done with the past, I'm going to repent. I'm going to stop the 40 days. I'm going to stop doing this. You rectify all the past. We're thinking, he'll never forgive me. He's stingy. How can I start, if, even if I start now? The mentality today is, if I start now, what's the difference? Look how much stuff I've done. This is in, only in your imagination of your nonsense. Your, our creator has created a system of nothing but love. But love is only revealed to the person who's willing to recognize that there's love in the air. But if you don't think there's love in the air, you're not getting the love. Basically, you can't come with a bitter heart and say, well, God doesn't love me. Of course He doesn't love you because you have a bitter heart. That's just why our, t- our creators are we're constantly screaming to circumcise our hearts. He doesn't tell you to circumcise your brain. He tells you to circumcise your heart because the way you think is coming from your heart. A closed heart closes a closed mind.
And this is why Yom Kippur has the power to rectify all these days. So today we should all be extremely excited about the opportunity that you have today. Remove this heaviness from you. Oh my God, I gotta fast 25 hours. Remove this heaviness already. Enough, enough with the heaviness. Let's start fixing the past for good. Let's start becoming now co-creators. Let's start taking advantage of this day. And I hope everybody has a very meaningful fast. And I know this, my is about to do today, after reading this Torah, really, really gave me a jolt. I was, okay, Yom Kippur, okay. Baruch Hashem, Yom Kippur. After reading this Torah, wow. I started thinking about all the days I wasn't concentrated. That day, that day, this day. I'm like, wow, what an opportunity to cash in on the past. What an opportunity. It's unbelievable how we can cash in on the past. How much of the world do you know today is staying in the past? How much, do you understand? It's all an illusion. The past is nothing but an illusion when you know you can rectify everything from Yom Kippur and Yom Kippur. What an amazing concept. Have a great day. This podcast is sponsored by PICC, Florida's leading public adjusters for 22 years of handling residential commercial claims in Florida. Dealing with an insurance company when having a property loss can be discouraging. Let PICC encourage you and maximize your compensation. Please call us at 305-956-3666. This podcast is sponsored by PICC, Florida's leading public adjusters for 22 years of handling residential commercial claims in Florida. Dealing with an insurance company when having a property loss can be discouraging. Let PICC encourage you and maximize your compensation. Please call us at 305-956-3666.